Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman at Justin Adams TV. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, if you are thinking about dinner, I got a place you should go. Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. And I could do a live read about them all day. But Justin, you are an aficionado at Smoking Dave's Barbecue mm-hmm. and Brew. What do you love? everything on the menu, honestly. But I'll tell you what, you have some great barbecue. You also have great, uh, I love the turkey. I just love all the smoked meats and everything. That's a place that you want to go. And to be very honest as well, very affordable when you want to take some food and bring it home to your family. Feeds all the family. Look, I have a family of three. And so it helps us out to not only have food for dinner, but also food for the next day as well. It's a perfect place for you to be. Don't lie to me. I'm being honest. No, you're lying to me. You know why? You know what you lied about? What? When you eat, at two, what thirty? Uh huh. You don't have food for the next day. Sure, I do. <laughs> sure, no I do. Way. <laughs> Give me one thing. They have great sides, great desserts. Yes, they have great non-barbecue items. Give me one thing that is your go-to when you go there, because you've been there five, six times. Yeah, easy. Have, so they they have this family deal. Because every time I go, like I try to go just for me. Yeah. But I end up going. That's for the what family. I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You don't have leftovers. Yeah. You just said it well, as your wife's listening. You go there for you. So give me one thing on the menu that you love. They, they have this, and I'm trying to think of what it's called to save my life because- What kind of meat is it? It's uh, got to be a meat, I'm guessing. Yeah, no, it is a meat. I, I love I love the turkey, the brisket. Brisket's really brisket's it's tender, juicy. Really, really good. Yeah. Really, really good. So I love their brisket. Right. So give me that. I didn't know you were Jewish because that's all we eat is brisket. Is brisket? Yeah, and usually it's overcooked, but not at Smoking no. Dave's. Do you guys eat turkey? By any chance? Yeah, we eat turkey. Okay. We don't eat pork, but brisket's a big thing. That's a big Jewish tradition. So when I first had brisket there, and I'm like, okay, I'll try it. I'm so used to overcooked brisket. Yeah. But there it is so juicy and so tender. And they they have like four different sauces. Yeah. So you can you want to go super spicy, that's cool. You can go less mm-hmm. heat if you want to. Do you have a favorite side? Yeah. Yeah. The fries. They they have these um Golly, I'm fried to pickles. Yeah, the fried pickles are really good. Right. Um, onion rings are onion the rings. size of bike tires. Dude, they're so good. The onion I know. rings are amazing. Yeah. And also, just just to when you go there, are you able to sit down? Yeah. Sit down. You have TVs all over the place. Right. But it's not a place that's crowded where you can't just enjoy yourself and enjoy right. a great conversation. Right. The people are nice. The people are great to be able to talk to. Yeah. It feels like it feels like your family when you walk in the door. Right. To be very honest with By you, the way, that's the reason why I love. You like bread pudding? Oh, I love bread pudding. Get the bread pudding. Okay. So stinking. See, now, now you made me... See, now I was thinking about what I needed to do for dinner. Now you know what to do for dinner. <laughs> That's where I'm going tonight. And they're, and they're right around the corner from the station. That's right. All right, time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smokin' Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. All right, per, per multiple reports, Deshaun Watson is interested in being traded to the Vikings or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Should the Broncos be interested? Yes. When? Yes. Uh, immediately. Oh, my God. You should not be a GM. No, I'm not, what I mean by immediately in the sense of like 
you should be interested now, but you have to, you have to, your number one thing is this. It's always Aaron Rodgers. Am I correct? No, I would take Deshaun Watson over Aaron Rodgers. If he didn't allegedly fondle all of those right, women. Right, right, right. I, I see what you're saying. That's what I'm I, saying. I you saying. can't right, right, right. do anything no, 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 with no, no, him no. until he's in the clear. Okay, okay. I, I was miss misheard the, misheard the question. So what you're saying is the reason you need to think about it is when you go for a massage, you don't volunteer the flip. <laughs> Especially when you can some barbecue as well. Um, <laughs> but right. I, I, you have to wait until everything is cleared, obviously, when you, when you think about Deshaun Watson. But if everything is cleared, yeah. You should yes. be one of the first teams in line. But I haven't heard anything about him being close to being cleared, any type of settlement. It, it was an interesting article. Nothing. To be honest, like it, the timing of this article, right? just to come out and say he's thinking about other teams and he's thinking about Tampa Bay and Minnesota. He should be thinking about not going to prison. That's my point. That's what he should be and, thinking and, about. And I, I didn't, and that, it just kind of caught me off guard seeing that. It was like, right. well, why are you thinking about these other teams? Is there something that's been done that well, we haven't heard of? the Texans are going to trade him. Yes. So you might as well just put it out there, I suppose. But even if he is cleared, I'm not suggesting there is going to be a Michael Vick type of backlash, but there will be a backlash even if he's cleared. And he won't be cleared. He will settle, Mm -hmm. which you might as well say, generally speaking, I'm guilty and I decided to pay them off. With that, let's say he goes to the Vikings. Okay. Well, Kirk Cousins now becomes expendable. Mm -hmm. You want him? And remember, Cousins and George Payton have a relationship dating back to their days in Minnesota together. Kirk Cousins has led Minnesota to the playoffs. Has not. No, he has. And also to a playoff win over uh, New Orleans several years ago. Are you sure not thinking of um, Case Keenum? No, 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 no. I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of Kirk Cousins. Okay. So I know what you're thinking of. You're thinking about the pass right. in Minnesota. Okay. There was another year where Kirk Cousins beat uh, New Orleans, but that game was at the Superdome. Yeah. So that was, and I can't think exactly of the year, but I do remember that because that was one of the games where they weren't supposed to be there in many respects, and then they were able to get the win. And then the following, it was the year that they, uh, it was 2020, because the next week they lost to uh, San Francisco. They were throttled at uh, on the road against San Francisco. So go to 2020, that was the year. No, they, they made the playoffs in 2000 and. 19, but even so, you're close. And those playoffs took place in 2020. There you right, go. Right, I, got go. You. I got so you. Sad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would not want Kirk Cousins. Really? You would? No. Oh, over what the Broncos have right now? I want the talent. I don't want the person. Okay. And that's the problem. <laughs> kind of hard to separate that. It's very hard to separate that. Uh, this is a guy, from what I've been told by multiple people, including people with the Vikings organization, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he is all about money. And he would not be willing to take a pay cut at all, or I shouldn't say pay cut, restructure to get better players. He's not that guy. I've been told he is not a good leader. And generally speaking, this guy doesn't win. He just doesn't. He's not a winner. He puts up big numbers, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't win. And I believe last this past season, and you'd have to look it up and feel free to correct me if you would like. He played six games against playoff teams. Six games. And the Vikings record was one and five. Now, I understand it's a team game, and I get it. But generally speaking, he doesn't come up big. Okay. Generally speaking, he doesn't come up big. He's 33. He be- He's 33 also, by the way. I understand too, so. that. This is a guy who was a huge distraction over the vaccine. 
And you can't be a huge distraction over the vaccine if you don't have a resume to back it up. Aaron Rodgers does. Kirk Cousins does not. So just for quickly looking at this. Yep. Beat the Packers last year. He beat the Packers. Lost to the Rams. Lost to to the Cowboys. Beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh wasn't a playoff. They were a playoff playoff team. team. Barely. Barely barely a playoff team. But, But that's it. That was the only two teams. I mean... Again, lost How do you do against Pittsburgh? Uh, what were his numbers? It's a great question. That was the Thursday night game. And it's not so always about numbers. He had a great game against the Packers. I'll give you that. It's, it's also a Thursday night game. Oh, my God. 14 of 31, 216 yards, two touchdown passes, two interceptions. Right. Now, he, I think he had a good game against Arizona. Uh, they lost to San Francisco. I think he might have had a good they game also, there. They also lost to Arizona. But that game that they lost to Arizona wasn't his fault. That's when the kicker. Missed a field goal. Right. Real, real close kick, and he just Listen, if, just if, missed it. if Kirk Cousins came to this team, would it be an upgrade? Yes. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. But if you look at his overall wins as a quarterback with the Minnesota Vikings, what, what are the Vikings' record? What's the Vikings' record with him as quarterback? Oh, that's a, Danny, can you look yeah, that that's up? that's a great question. Because I, if I am not mistaken... He has a losing record where Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, and Teddy Bridgewater all had winning records. And people will say, well, their defense wasn't very good. Hey, at the end of the day, you're the quarterback of the team. I would actually, he probably does because career-wise, 59-59 and two ties. I don't think I've ever seen that, by the way, from a quarterback. 59-59 and two ties. What do you got? With Minnesota, he is 33-29 and one. So he's barely over 500. Just over 500. Okay. Also, I believe more in the metric of QBR than I do passer rating, don't you? I do. I do. I think if, if 50 is just nothing short of average, if 50 is just nothing short of average, I think in seven of 17 games, he was 55 and over. He had, a, he had a QBR this year of 52.4. There you go. And that takes into account everything. He puts up big numbers. I think he puts up some garbage time numbers as well. I know their defense wasn't very good. I get that. But at the end of the day, from what I've been told, he's not a very good leader. It's better than uh, Drew Locke's QBR, by the way. I'm not going to debate that at all. Is it an upgrade? Yes. But as far as a guy in the locker room, he, he is more Jay Cutler. How's that in terms of personality? Okay. Jay Cutler's worse than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, no, no, don't get me wrong. No, no, but if if you were to say that Kirk Cousins was going to come and be a bridge quarterback, yes, I'm fine. Would you, with that. you would take that. I would take him as a bridge for one okay. year. If I had Kirk Cousins, I would draft the quarterback. So I would take Kirk Cousins for me to have for him to be my bridge quarterback. Yep, one year, two years. I wouldn't be crazy about him being the quarterback, and, and that's fine. He's you not know, a guy who leads his team. He's not a guy. Who, uh, his, players rally around. I've been told that. Right, but in the same way, he's 33 now. He'll be 34 probably by the time he takes his next snap. So if you say he's your bridge quarterback, you say, what, 35, 36? He's done with your team? Right. I would take that. Right. Right? It'll give you enough time to get the guy that you really want to be your quarterback, whether you draft him, whatever you do, to give him enough time to get up to speed and then for him to be your starter. Under those circumstances, I would do that. To say overall that he's going to be the Matt Stafford for the Broncos this year, I don't see that happening. Coming up after the break, Michael Malone addressed Jamal Murray and his injury situation and when he is going to come back to the lineup. What did Malone say about the possible, possibly eventual return of Jamal Murray? We'll tell you what he said next. Get away from the pain you drive. 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. You can also reach us at Justin Adams TV. He's filling in for the rest of the week for Mace, who has taken a vacation for me, and quite frankly, I don't blame him. With that, want to talk about my guy, Eric Cook, at Farmers Insurance Trust is a big thing with me. You need to work with my guy. I've been working with Eric for over five years. He does my auto. He does my home. He also does commercial and life insurance. I can honestly tell you, He's the best I've worked with. I love the way he works. He treats every client like they are his only client. What do I mean by that? He returns my phone calls quickly, texts quickly, emails quickly, and he does it on his days off. Those are the type of people you want to work with. Now, his staff at Cook Insurance has over 70 years of experience. They know the right questions to ask to get you the right policy because at the Farmers Cook Insurance Agency, it is about people. It is not about policies, and I can say that firsthand. He is my guy, and he should be your guy as well. Give him a call today, 303-790-8089. 303-790-8089. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. All right, Michael Malone was asked about Jamal Murray's return. I know a lot of people think that Murray, they see those videos on Twitter where he's shooting the basketball at shoot-around, which is very different than running and cutting. Mm Mm-hmm. Malone said, essentially, Murray's return is not imminent. And the Nuggets have 24 games after the All-Star break. I was told well over a month ago that Murray might return late March, early April. And this was a month to two months ago. Mm -hmm. People want to get him on the floor, and I get it. With that, let's say he does come back April 3rd. Okay. What's the realistic expectation for the Nuggets? And, of course, I'm not even including Michael Porter Jr. Right, so let's go say April 3rd, right? He comes back. That'll be a Sunday day game, um, national televised game at Los Angeles. After that game, the Nuggets will only have three games remaining in the regular season, all three at home, and then they'll go into the playoffs. So when you look at that with Jamal Murray coming back, he's going to, for the first time in his career, play along with Nikola Jokic, he's going to see a different player than he's ever had before in Nikola Jokic. We're not just talking about Jamal Murray getting back to health and getting back to what we saw in the ball. Why is Jokic different? Because Jokic has had to take the offense. Literally, he's had to be the offense. For the yeah, but, but, but here's the thing, Justin. He's willing to give up the offense to pass the ball. But He's not a selfish guy. I understand, but what was the biggest issue that we had with Jokic before all the injuries, right? What was one of the biggest issues we had? He with- doesn't shoot enough. We will see some box scores from Jokic where it was four of seven. And you look around and you're like, dude, what are you doing? Well, I agree in the regular season, uh-huh. but not in the playoffs. When the games count, that guy's shooting. He does not have a game where he's not shooting at least 10 times. 
So when you look at guys like Clay Thompson, it took him a while to sure. be able to start to no get question. back, right? He needed a couple of games, and he's still working through it, right? You're telling me that Jamal Murray is going to be able to work through all the kinks? He's not. At four games? He's not. And then you have a seven-game series where most likely you'll play against either Memphis or Utah. Those are the What are the two teams you're going to play? One of them, right. Memphis or Utah. Right. And we know that playing at those places, right, Memphis, they're going to be excited, young team, crowd's going to be ridiculous, and we already know how difficult it is to win at Utah. You're telling me that Jamal Murray is going to be good enough, coming back from a torn ACL, he's going to be good enough to help lead the Nuggets? He's not. And by the way, I, I, I stand corrected because I wasn't completely accurate when I said Jokic will shoot the ball more in the playoffs. Looking at the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. In the, I don't know, what is it, a six-game series? One, two, three, four, five, six games. One, two, three, four, five, six, six games against Portland. His shot totals 14, 15, 12, 7, 14, and 13. Against the Phoenix Suns, 10, 9, 13, 9. Wow. So, no, he didn't shoot the ball a ton. He wanted to get his teammates involved. Here's the thing. You don't want to waste another year. No, you don't. Of Jokic's prime years. And this is the best season he's had of his career. But if I'm going to run a race, I want to know that I have a good chance of winning it. If I don't feel I have a good chance of winning it, but if I train harder, I have a better chance of winning it next year, I'll wait till next year with Michael Porter Jr. and with Jamal Murray. With Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, you could make the argument that this team will be primed to truly win a championship. And you look back at what happened with the eight games that all the guys were together. Eric I, Gordon. Well, I, hold on. Boy, Eric Gordon, Will yep. Barton. And you could make the argument even with Will Barton that you could take him out and you could put somebody like Zeke Nagy who has really turned into a really good defender and he's also shooting the lights out from downtown as well. Mm-hmm. So now you could go and put him into the lineup and now look, now you have two defenders, two really good 3 and D defenders within Eric Gordon and as well within Zeke Naji, if you may, if you decide to do that. Mm-hmm. Then you have Michael Porter Jr. as well, who and we, we discussed this yesterday too, has to figure out not waiting in the corner for the ball to come his way. You have to come and get the basketball. But if you do that, next year, everybody comes back healthy. You get a full offseason. Remember, the Nuggets haven't had a full offseason in a while as well. So now you finally get that. Everybody's back healthy. You have a full 82-game st- uh, schedule. Uh, and... You also give Jokic some time off, too. Then you can go and see what this team can do. But if you do feel that Jamal Murray is ready, and you feel that Jamal Murray out of nowhere could come and just be that type of player where he could give you 20, he could give you 30 in spurts, then bring him back. All right. Um, It'll take a while, though. I'm being very black and white when I say this. So you, You probably have an opportunity to shoot this down like a clay pigeon that's three feet in front of you. And I can't wait. I believe the last team, I believe the last team to win a championship without at least two all-stars on the roster were the 2004 Detroit Pistons. And honestly, I'm guessing Rip Hamilton and Rasheed Wallace were at least all-stars at that point in their career. And Rasheed Wallace, actually, when he got traded, was the biggest piece to the Pistons that year. He, so, he really gelled and so, made everything so the, work. So the Nuggets are going to win a championship with one All-Star? Not this year. Next year. Okay. 
healthy Jamal Murray, healthy Michael Porter Jr. The same statement stands. The Nuggets are going to win a championship with one all-star on the roster. Yes, because Jamal Murray wouldn't be. Jamal Murray next year, Mm -hmm. fully healthy next year, Mm -hmm. would be an all-star. Really? Yes. I don't know about that. Fully healthy? Yeah. We're talking about the same. If Jamal Murray is the same Jamal that we saw before, right? Oh, you mean the Jamal Murray in the bubble? You mean inconsistent Jamal Murray? You mean the 42-50-42 Jamal Murray? You mean bubble in one series Jamal Murray? You mean the one who scored 40 against the Clippers in game seven? Okay. The bubble Jamal Murray. The bu- And that, that, was, right. that wasn't even a full season. The bubble Jamal the bu- Murray. The bubble Jamal Murray was amazing. We get that. We both see that. And that's, that's what you're basing it on. But the last couple of games before he got injured. Now, I get, I get it. I get it, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to be an all-star... Yep. But it's 50-plus games until at least the All-Star break, right? So you have to play better, and he has to play consistent. His biggest thing, here's Jamal Murray's biggest thing, okay? Mm-hmm. For him to be an All-Star is that he can't just get up for the games that matter, right? For the big-name games, Fair. okay? Yep. He has to get up for, and I was going to say the Cleveland's. Cleveland's, you know, they're good now. Um, he has to get up for the lower-tier teams, okay. all right? Timberwolves. Um, even though they have a winning record, um, just a just lower-tier team, he has to get up for them. Uh-huh. He has to be consistent. Right. That's the number one thing we're looking at. Yep. Talent-wise, and what he's able to do, and the points he, and the opportunities he will have in the offense, he should be an all-star. He should be an all-star. Well, it, 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 listen, at the end of the day, an all-star is nothing more than an award. Sure. It doesn't mean that you're not an all-star. Uh, but who, who are the all-stars in, in the Western Conference? Doncic, Lillard. Um, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew, yeah. Andrew Wiggins is a shooting guard or a forward? Shooting guard. Yep. It's fair. So I'm, I'm just, when I look at Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins. Folks, Maybe they ran out of people. I know. Well, here's the here's the thing about Andrew Wiggins. No one believes in Andrew Wiggins because they had so much hype coming out into the draft that people are disappointed in Yes. Him. And you know what's funny? You and I, we both talked about him when he was in Kansas. And I remember you gave me a message, too, where you were saying, Something about when Kansas got knocked out and Wiggins had a terrible game. And I was the guy who was like, well, you know, Wiggins is still going to be one of the top players in the draft. He's going to be fine. Why, he'll be a max player. Yep. It didn't turn out to be that way at all. Yep. Until this year, I guess. Listen, Andrew Wiggins is averaging 17 points a game. And Murray does better than that. So so to me then, right, Jamal Murray should be an all-star. But to your point, I'll put it this way. To your point, if these guys aren't an all-star, if Jamal Murray does not become an all-star, if Michael Porter Jr., and we know the warts and all, if he doesn't become an all-star, it would be tough for me to look at this team like the 2004 Detroit Pistons and say, this team, as constructed, will be able to win a championship. I think that Jamal Murray has all-star talent, and I actually think he has all-star work ethic, Mm -hmm. but I don't think he necessarily has all-star consistency. That's fair. And if you, don't, if you don't have con- great players are consistent. They just are. And to your point, let's look at his points per game before he got injured. 17, not very good. Not mm-hmm. for an all-star. Right. Although Andrew Wiggins is an all-star. 22, 23, very good. 30, 17, 23, 20, 21, 20, 21. That's fine. Nothing great. 23, 34, very good. 19, 16, 10, 3. 19, 16, 10, 3. 19, 16, know, 10, 3. That's not consistent enough. I know. Okay. Th- those are the gaps. 
Those are the gaps. And then he'll throw up a 50 burger. Right? And you're like, where'd that come from? Wait, without shooting a free throw, by the way. Right. It, that, that, that's the that's How you knew that off the top of your head is pretty impressive. But 21 of 25, baby. I miss Jamal Murray. I mean, I, that was that was a game that he had. I, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at clips of him in the bubble. I, I've just looked at the two-man game between him and Jokic, and I, I miss it. As a fan, you miss things like that, right? You right. miss that type of play. But it comes down to the same thing again. Here's here's a he, has to be, he just has to be consistent. Here's a stretch for Jamal Murray. 13, 21, 14, 9, 20, 17, 30, 5, 18. That's not, that's not an all-star player to me. But you know what is an all-star player to me? 30, 17, 23, 20, 21, 23, 34. That works for me. 23, 24, 24, 26, 34, 24, 30, 50, 35, 25, 25. That works for me. Which guy's showing up? That's a great question. And, and that's you, the thing. And you hope it is that guy who has all those numbers, right? But some of this probably could be out of his, out of his, uh, out of his hand as well because how would that knee respond? That's the biggest thing. Right. How quick could he bounce back from his knee? There was one thing I was looking at when uh, you know everybody was in the bubble, right? And Jamal Murray, he went to the bubble and he had a sore hamstring. He came back, scored 23 points, but immediately he was a difference maker when he played against Utah. This was before the playoff series. This is the regular season. They would have finished out the regular season deal. He was a difference maker in that game. And I just wonder if he's going to come back and still be that same difference maker immediately. Right. Or will it take some time? And that's my deal when you talk about bringing him back on April 5th or April 3rd, right? You only give him, after that game, three more games for him to go and get back into playing shape. There's difference, right? right. We all know about it. You could do the workouts. You could run the treadmill all you want. But to get back into playing shape, you only have three more games, and here's the play. Here, let's cut to the chase. Would you shut both of them down? You have to have a deadline. So I'm, I'm going to say no. But if they come back in April, if they both are coming back in April, that's probably that's probably when they'd come back. Then I will shut it down. If they both are coming back in April, I will shut it down. Coming up after the break, we had a conversation about the voting on the Super Bowl MVP, which is certainly flawed. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the flawed process of Hall of Fame voting. How it's great in the NHL, great in the NBA, not very good in baseball, and honestly not very good in the NFL. Why? We'll tell you why next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back, Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Justin Adams TV, at Eric Goodman. You're looking for wholesale lumber to the public. Go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. 
Yesterday on the show, we talked about the flawed voting system for the Super Bowl MVP. Now, let's move it forward. In my opinion, the flawed voting system for the Hall of Fame. Because you may or may not know, it's different for all four of our major sports. Mm -hmm. In baseball, it is comprised of the baseball writers. Not the baseball media, the baseball writers. In the NFL, they are all media members. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Tony Dungy, Dan Fouts, James Lofton, and Bill Poling all get votes. Okay. They're all Hall of Famers. So you're thinking, that's great. No. If they weren't media members, they wouldn't have a vote. The only reason they have a vote is because they're part of the media. <laughs> wow. Right. Tony Dungy works for NBC. Correct. Right? Uh, Dan, Dan Fouts works for... That's my point. That's why they get votes. So they get votes by default. In hockey, it's fascinating how they do it. There are 18 people. And it's a combination of former players like Luke Robitaille, Yari Curry, former players, Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. have votes. Mm-hmm. Then you have Michael Farber, longtime media guy, guy I used to work with at CNN. Um, Pierre Maguire, analyst for NBC. You have former executives like Brian Burke. It's a great combination. Yes, it is. Okay. Then in basketball, It's a combination of basketball executives, administrators, media members, and other experts in the game of basketball. I don't want to get political on this, but I'm going to for a second, although I hope I'm not insulting anybody. It's important to have opinions, varied opinions, from different walks of life. For sure. That's why I like what the NHL does. Mm -hmm. It's all different perspectives, players, media members, Coach, former coaches, former executives. It's kind of like having a bunch of 70-year-old white men in Congress voting on pro-choice or pro-life. It's like a bunch of 70-year-old white men voting on the importance of voting rights. For sure, right. Let's have some women there. Let's have some people of color there. Mm -hmm. But that's not the way it works in baseball. That's not the way it works in the NFL, specifically in baseball. Do you think that will ever change? No, especially in baseball. Baseball's too tied to you know all their traditions and everything, so that's that would never change. The baseball writers never change. Would never. They would fight to the death to give up their right to be the only ones Mm -hmm. to vote. And if I am not mistaken, if you've been a part of the baseball writers association you get a vote year one there's guys who still have a vote who haven't been covering baseball in decades to be honest right for a long time it's almost like heisman trophy voters there's guys who still have a heisman trophy vote i used to have a heisman vote right i voted for you by the way i appreciate it you know you were the only one so thank you i was the only one (laughs) but i would say uh from a baseball standpoint it does need to change Immediately, that 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 definitely needs. Football to needs to change too. Yes, that needs the to change NFL well. needs to change as well. Well, you have to stop putting all the emphasis on media members and saying that okay, media members are the ones who have to. Because I get the logic where you say okay, media members they are there every day, and you would you would think that as being in the media. Which, which sport are you talking about? Well, any sport. Well, no, because they're different. Because in baseball, it's the baseball writers. Right. Well, I, well, for baseball. In the NFL, it's broadcasters, too. Yeah, so so in baseball, you're thinking these guys are there every day, right? Every game, for the most part. And they keep up with the whole, with not only their teams that they're covering, but they also keep no, up with... No, they don't. 
But that's what I'm saying. That, they don't. But, but I'm saying the mindset is, at least the thought to me is that they keep up with everybody, but we know that they don't. I, I, I would like to think they do, but let me tell you why they don't. Okay? Barry Bonds played his entire career. We don't need to get into the Barry Bonds conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm just using him as an example. Sure, sure, sure. He played his entire career in the National League. And you are a writer for the Boston Red Sox for 30 years. Right. How many times did you see this guy play? All-star game. And some interleague games every however many years. That was it. Okay. And then are you suggesting to me, if you are defending baseball writers, that after being at the ballpark, um, let's say it's a night game, and you get to the ballpark at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. and you're done filing your story at 11 o'clock at night, that you're watching Sports Center when you get home no. to watch all of the games. Hell no. You are going for a drink. You're going out. You're going to be with your spouse. And then you're going to wake up late, probably maybe 10 o'clock, do whatever you got to do, and then get ready to go to the ballpark. Right. 162 games. Right. When in the hell do you have time to read about every single player in baseball? You don't have you to. You don't. No, you don't. But it's ha- your right to have a vote. Right. And you don't have to read, again, you don't have to read about every player, right? But you should know the stars. You should know the guys who are potential Hall of Famers of your sport. In theory. But we know that doesn't happen. But in theory, you should be able to know these guys. You know know what they do? They look at numbers. I know. I know. I'm just going to crunch a bunch of numbers and I'm going to spit it out and we're going to see if this works. I know. And you don't look at impact. Right, you just look at numbers and you compare them to other players, and you say, "Oh, did he have 500 home runs? Well, he had 500, so he should be a Hall of Famer. Or he had this many hits, well, he should be a Hall of Famer." Right. But you don't look at the impact that he made, especially to that generation and to his career that he had as well. But I digress. Right. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? The Nuggets have a tough task ahead of them tonight out in the Bay Area, and Todd McShay's latest mock draft. No quarterbacks in the top 10. We'll get into all that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Adams and Goodman on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Mason. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. Dot com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Well, we talked about the big game for the Avalanche a little earlier on tonight. The Nuggets also in action out on the West Coast, taking on the Warriors at Chase Center in San Francisco. That game, 8 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time as well. The Warriors 
just lost to the Clippers on Monday despite 33 points from Steph Curry. Klay Thompson had a bit of a letdown game with only 7 points after his own 33-point performance against the Lakers on Saturday. Now you guys talked at length about how much Jokic needs Jamal Murray or maybe another all-star to help get this team over the hump. Do you think that the Splash Brothers both show up in a big way tonight for the Warriors against the Nuggets, or can they uh, get in their heads a little bit on defense and slow them down? I'll ask both of you guys this question. Mm-hmm. Who's going to guard them? <laughs> uh, Clay Thompson. Uh, no, uh, I have uh, Aaron Gordon on Clay Thompson. Yeah, who's guarding Curry? The air. Baku. <laughs> who's guarding <laughs> That's the point. It, it will it's, be, a, it's a mismatch. You, you're going to tell me that Bones Highland, and I know Monte Morris, he's been clear so he can come back from his uh, concussion, but right. Bones Highland would be the guy you want to have guard him? Maybe Austin Rivers. If, just being honest. Austin Rivers, if anybody. I say this with all due respect to Bones Highland, mm-hmm. and he's the one who has the nickname Bones. This guy is so rail thin. For Steph Curry, he has less footage or yardage to dance the dribble around him than he would a thicker guy. Yeah. So that's he's going to expend less energy dancing with the dribble around Bones Highland than any other player he will play this year. I think maybe we see a little bit of Will Barton on Steph tonight as well because oh, Will loves wow. that challenge, you know. Yeah. What uh, to, to to hoist as many shots as possible? <laughs> yeah, he'll take it. He'll take it as an affront to him if he doesn't match Steph's field goal. That's what he. That's goal how attempts. he'll look at. That it. is the guy. Steph yeah. Curry's not going to outplay me, and you know what? He might put up thirty tonight. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. I'm just not a big Will Barton guy. You know that. I'm not a big Will Barton guy either, Good but he you. could go a long way. He could go a long way in helping him get there tonight. And I think Jokic is gonna have—he's gonna have pretty much anything he wants because they don't have a lot of size right now. No Draymond Green and no Wiseman, so there's yep. nobody down there to really stop him. They have a, they have a, they have a chance. guy on the team, Wiseman. Yeah, <laughs> no idea. He's a brother from another mother. <laughs> there, there, Memphis. there are plenty of black Jewish, Jewish people. people. That's, right. That's right. Plenty of them. That's right. Sammy Davis Jr. There you go. Uh, just in case you missed it, Todd Converted. McShay's latest mock draft for ESPN has three offensive tackles, two edge rushers, two cornerbacks, a safety, a receiver, and an inside linebacker in the top 10. And then the first quarterback off the board, Kenny Pickett to the Washington Commanders at number 11. Between, I'm not going to put all the teams in the top 10 up here because some of them have young quarterbacks already, so they probably wouldn't be tempted to go after a quarterback. But who, between Detroit, Houston, Carolina, Atlanta, and Denver, is most likely to reach in the top 10 and pick a quarterback? Carolina. They know they've got nothing with Sam Darnold. New York. I mean, even though I know that there was this message that was sent out uh, talking about their quarterback, why wouldn't the Giants? make a decision is going to say, hey, let's get a quarterback. I did debate putting the New York Giants. The New York Jets, I think they're going to give Zach Wilson a little more time, but I did debate throwing the New York Gi- Giants in there because that's true. Daniel Jones, he's shown he's maybe maybe good for a running back. but I'll, I'll tell you this. <laughs> no, he's not good at that, at that either because <laughs> he stumbles over his own feet. So I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I do if I'm the New And New the York. Giants have two picks. I'll tell you what team. I do if I'm the Giants. I am more than willing to trade my fifth or my seventh, mm-hmm. not draft a quarterback, get another first-round pick because there are two franchise quarterbacks 
next year. Yes. And more yes. And more yes. I, I, if, I oh. The Giants would be fools to take a quarterback this year. I know Dayball wants to make a big splash. I know their new GM, Shone, or Sean, or that, that, I think that's how you pronounce his name, from Buffalo. They want to make a big splash. This is not the draft to do it. If somebody's dying to trade up to seven or five, give us a good offer. Just make sure there's a first-round pick in there. Nope, I have no problems with that. None at all. But I would say even this with uh, Dable. He's been able to work with other quarterbacks as well and be able to create systems that work Who's well. Who's he worked with? Josh Allen, am I correct? Um, Brian Dable? Well, Brian, I'm not giving Brian Dable as much credit as everybody else. Really? Well, he, does the off, I'll ask you. Because you played at CU. Who's, yes. your, who's your quarterback? Joel Klatt and Cody Hopkins. Okay. Uh, who spent more time with Joel and Cody? The quarterback's coach or the offensive coordinator? Quarterback's coach. Who just so happened to be the offensive coordinator. Okay. But generally speaking, I give more credit to Ken Dorsey. Okay. The quarterback's coach who is now the offensive coordinator for the Bills. The offensive coordinator spends time with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes, he spends time with the quarterback. Make no mistake about it. The offensive coordinator needs to put his quarterback in the best position to succeed. But you know this as well as anyone who played football. It's your position coach that spends the time. Okay, You played defense or offense? I played offense. Tight end. Tight end. With that, who did you spend more time with? The offensive coordinator or tight end's coach? Tight end's coach, always. How much time did you spend with your offensive coordinator outside the meeting room with the offensive coordinator with the entire offense. Only other time was on the field. So why would you give Dayball that much credit? Because you have to create a system for your quarterback to be successful for the other guys on the field to be able to operate well. I'm with you on that. What I'm saying, though, is this. You are not responsible for his development. You are responsible for looking at his skill set and saying, I'm going to design an offense this way. Yeah. Dayball didn't make Allen better every single day. It's Dorsey. That did. It's Dorsey designed an offense with his skill set. And it's your job as the offensive coordinator to make sure that your quarterback's coach is making your guy better so that when you call plays on Sunday, everything works out right. And one more thing. I can't remember his first name. His last name is Palmer. He is a renowned quarterback's coach. Jordan Jordan Palmer. Jordan Palmer Mm -hmm. has spent a lot of time with some of the best young quarterbacks. And one of those guys is Josh Allen. I spoke to somebody in the Bills organization. I said, to your point, who do you give credit to? Do you give a lot of credit to Dayball? He said, I'd probably give it more to Jordan Palmer and Ken Dorsey for day-to-day development. Okay. Can't argue with that. And how much time is Dayball really going to be spending with Daniel Jones? He won't spend a lot of time, but if you're like Sean Payton, you're going to spend as much time as you can with your quarterback to make sure that things work out. Actually, I'd give that to... I'd give that to the new. Uh, my, I'd give that to Mike Kafka, okay, who was the quarterbacks coach for Patrick Mahomes. We gotta go, Nolan, Danny. Great job today. Same with you, Justin. I'll see you tomorrow, my man. Like Make the best possible night you can. Free.